On this podcast, I profile people who have changed history and culture, and all of them have one thing in common. They were all gay, lesbian, bisexual, or transgender. My name is Frank Howard, and welcome to Gay of the Day. Porno. When I first began consuming pornography in my teens, I would actually have to take a train and a bus to the gay part of town, affectionately known as Boys Town, walk into a porno shop, make my purchase while not making eye contact with the guy ringing me up for a quick glance at what I was purchasing spoke volumes about what turned me on. Then scurry back home, clutching my booty in a brown paper wrapper. Now, from the comfort of your home, just a click of the mouse, and you can descend down the darkest, smuttiest rabbit hole. Next time you have your fingers poised with search words dancing in your head, you should give thanks to the man who made porn respectable. In fact, he invented it. That's right, the inventor of pornography, and today's gay, Pietro Aretino. Born in Italy to a shoemaker in 1492, by his 20s, he would be one of the most famous men in Europe, treasured for his wit and for making filth respectable. Highly intelligent, he chose to write poems and sonnets, plays and satirical essays using very common language. He arranged low vocabulary in a sophisticated way, wording that a prince or a pauper could appreciate on multiple levels. His best-loved work was and is his smut. His fame and humor meant he was a valuable party guest and built close relationships with famous artists and composers, cardinals and popes, the rich and powerful, even princes and kings. He was the resident wit in the courts of many royal houses. He persuaded all of these powerful men to confide in him their misdeeds and admit their most disgusting fantasies and bizarre sexual proclivities. A big mistake. For once, Aretino had enough dirt on these people, he would, of course, blackmail them. If they didn't pony up the dough, he would publish a humorous story or poem peppered with names and graphic details. Once he got what he wanted, 
he would move on to someone else and do it all over again. This earned him the nickname, the Scourge of Princes. One notable person who didn't give in to Aretino's demands was Michelangelo. The two had been good friends for years. Aretino is even on the wall of the Sistine Chapel. He was the model for St. Bartholomew. Aretino noticed all the very young boys coming in and out of Michelangelo's studio and coaxed the artist to divulge all of his sexual exploits. A few years passed and Aretino asked Michelangelo to give him half a dozen of his paintings. When the artist refused, Aretino sent missives to all of the master's patrons, including the Pope, that Michelangelo was a pedophile. This not only cost Michelangelo a lot of clients, but after Aretino published an open letter saying that the walls of the Sistine Chapel were a homosexual orgy, the likes of which were unlike anything he could have ever dreamt up, it prompted the Pope to hire artists to paint little diapers over the hundreds of penises that cover the walls and ceilings of this sacred place. Like some 16th century gossip columnist, he knew everyone's skeletons. This meant he lived a comfortable life because he had most of Europe, including the Vatican, by their figurative balls. His work is positively, gleefully filthy, especially his lust sonnets. He even wrote a how-to guide, The Joy of Sex of the Renaissance, complete with explicit illustrations. The reason he got away with it was probably because his stuff is really funny. The addition of humor to pornography makes the vivid descriptions of sex acts more acceptable. Even his non-pornographic works are quite bawdy. In one play, a cardinal falls for a noblewoman. In order to woo her, he masquerades as a courtier, getting lessons from a former courtier, a holy man, being taught to be a whore. In another play, a man is miserable because he is forced into an arranged marriage. On the wedding night, he is delighted to discover his bride is a boy in disguise, and the two live happily ever after. His work retains relevance even today. As recently as 2008, composer Michael Nyman set some of Aretino's lust sonnets to music. The accompanying program used the original illustrations from 1526. The programs were withdrawn after the first performance, by order of the British government, they were even then deemed obscene to the point of illegality. This blackmail artist was blackmail proof. He lived openly as a gay man 
and would blab to anyone about all the sex he was having. He would commonly refer to himself as a sodomite from birth. Aretino occasionally slept with women, episodes he labeled aberrations. In a letter to his friend, sometime lover, and pimp, who provided Aretino with a steady stream of men, Giovanni de' Medici, this is the Pope's brother, he said he had unexpectedly fallen in love with a female, something that alarmed him, but that he viewed as temporary. Quote, be absolutely certain that we all return to the ancient Greek mother. And if I escape with my honor from this madness, will bugger as much, as much, as much for me as for my friends. End quote. He actually died from laughing too hard. His epitaph reads, and I'm paraphrasing a little, Here lies the Tuscan poet Aretino, who abused all the world but God. And why? He did not know him. Today's Gay of the Day, Pietro Aretino. Gay of the Day's theme is composed and performed by Swick, that's C-W-I-O-K. Check out their Bandcamp page. My name is Frank Howard. As always, thanks for listening. <laughs>